dedicated to making the classics readable, relevant, and fun. As two nerdy bookworms, we appreciate the role of classic lit, but we won't get too academic about it. We'll talk about the books we love and the books we loathe, and help stock your TBR pile with old and new reads for every literary taste. Today, we're sharing five tips for getting the most out of a Jane Austen novel. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, Sarah. I'm so excited to talk about Austen with you. Me too. I I like talking about any books with you, but talking about Austen is especially fun. It is. And we, I mean, we launched our podcast talking about Emma, which was so fun. And it's such a treat to a year later return to Jane and celebrate a year of our podcast and just get to nerd out. I know. Can you believe that it's been a year? No. <laughs> In some I ways. I literally cannot. <laughs> In some ways, it feels like it's been five years because that's true. We started right before the pandemic hit. And then our first year of podcasting has also been our first year living through a global pandemic. That's very true. We'll never be able to separate those two things in our minds. No. (laughs) And in some ways it feels like it's been so quick. It feels like we're still just getting started. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it all still feels like new and fun and fresh and a treat every time. And we have so many more books we want to cover. So many more. Too many more. (laughs) Too many more (laughs) is right. But for the month of March to really celebrate a year of podcasting and lean into our love of Jane Austen. We are spending the entire month of March focusing on Pride and Prejudice. This is new for us. Usually we read two classic books per month, but we decided that we couldn't just do one episode for Pride and Prejudice. We needed to spend the entire month celebrating. Yeah, this was your idea, and I think it is such a good one. I'm so excited to delve more deeply into Pride and Prejudice than we would have been able to, and to hopefully have more people who are able and want to read read along with us and give you listeners the time to just enjoy Pride and Prejudice, not have to feel rushed, and get to just... I don't know, be a J-night with us for the month. So if you're listening to this episode right when it comes out in the first week of March, then you can pick up Pride and Prejudice and read along with us. Next week, we will discuss part one. So we'll read about half of the novel and then come back and discuss it. We'll have a week in between, and then we will come back and discuss part two. And In between all of that, we have lots of fun Austin stuff planned and a lot of fun novel pairings podcast stuff planned as well. And we will share more about that at the end of this episode. Yeah. So if you are going to join us next week's episode, we'll be discussing through chapter 34. If your book does not have the volumes, if your book is divided into volumes, that means we're reading through volume two, chapter 11. Those are that's our division. When you get there, you'll see exactly why we picked that chapter as the halfway point. And oh gosh, we're just going to have so much fun talking about this and today we're starting with some tips. So, whether you've read Austin before or not, we have some ways that we think 
can enhance any reader's experience with Jane Austen. Okay, tip number one might be like our favorite tip for reading classic books in general. And that is to listen to the audiobook. But I think it is especially a great tip for Jane Austen's work. And here we want to highlight in particular the audiobook version narrated by Rosamund Pike. It is an Audible original, and you can sign up for a free trial if you don't want to give Amazon your money. You can just get this book through the free trial. Just incredibly well narrated. She has an impeccable accent. She does the characters' voices so well and has unique characterization for everyone. And I just think listening to the audiobook helps you helps you recognize some of Jane Austen's humor better than when you're just reading on the page just because of Rosamund Pike's inflection. It helps you figure out who the characters are, particularly her narration of Mrs. Bennet, I think really (laughs) highlights Mrs. Bennet's character so well. And something that's important to note is the way that Jane Austen writes dialogue can be a little tricky because she doesn't use dialogue tags very often. She doesn't say he said or Elizabeth said or she said. And so realizing who's talking when with the skill of a great narrator can really, really help. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Jane Austen does that in some ways because she really trusts her reader. She's like, you're smart. You'll figure out who's talking. (laughs) But it can get complicated. And sometimes I find myself backtracking through the conversation. And the audiobook just makes that so easy and enjoyable. And one thing that I like to highlight when it comes to listening to classics on audiobook, especially This is super nerdy, Chelsea, so apologies. (laughs) No need to apologize. (laughs) Classics that are pre-Victorian is these books were pretty much intended to be read aloud. Most families didn't have access to tons and tons of books. They would, you know, check one book out at a time from the little traveling library or their local library, and somebody in the evening would read it aloud to the whole family. And so that's how we're supposed to hear these books. It is 100% not cheating. It's never cheating. But I mean, that's what some of these authors had in mind when they were writing. So download yourself the audiobook. And if you don't, if you just can't do audiobooks for whatever reason, you don't like them, you don't want to buy one, whatever the reason, try just reading some sections aloud to yourself. And I used to have students do that with, they would like pair up. This was not like something I told them to do. They would just literally find a buddy and like call each other and read Pride and Prejudice out loud to each other for homework. It really helps. So if you don't go the audiobook route, reading aloud is a great way to do it as well. And if you are very much against Amazon, which we totally understand, and you don't even want to sign up for a free trial to listen to the Rosamund Pike version, there are a couple of decent versions that you can get through Libro FM. I listened to a bunch of samples to figure out which narrators are not annoying (laughs) because I think some of them can just sound really grating to the ear if they 
are doing the accent a certain way or if it sounds like a book on tape and the audio isn't updated or enhanced. So I will make sure that there are links to each of these in the show notes, but there's a good version narrated by Kate Redding, a good one narrated by Amelia Fox, and then Libro FM has the complete novels of Jane Austen on audiobook. I don't know how well marked it is so that you can figure out which one starts when, but that is narrated by Elizabeth Klett and Karen Savage, and their voices are great too. So those are three Libro FM options for audiobooks. Thank you for doing that research for us. That's awesome. Anytime. I am so <laughs> passionate about audiobooks, and I think that they're so helpful. And we also love Libro FM. All right. Tip two is while you're reading Pride and Prejudice or any Jane Austen, we recommend researching some Regency customs. Now, this could be like before you start, you could just Google and we can find maybe some good articles to share. Just common Regency customs or as weird things pop up in the book and you're like, why are they behaving that way? A quick Google search is a great way to go. So I really like the annotated version of Pride and Prejudice because it tells you all of the Regency customs. It even will will link to this particular annotated version that we both have. Um, It'll show you what place settings look like. It gets really detailed and you don't need to know everything, but certain things really do matter to the plot. So at the beginning of the book, why can't Mrs. Bennett just pay a call to Mr. Bingley on her own? Like that for us as modern readers doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, at this time, women weren't allowed to introduce themselves to men. They had to be introduced by another man. Or how much is 10,000 pounds a year anyways? (laughs) Spoiler alert, it's $800,000 a year. That's a lot of money. (laughs) So knowing those things just really helps understand the humor, the satire, the characters themselves, and why they're making the decisions they are. Definitely. There are so many miscommunications and so many arguments or just generally people getting upset with each other. And unless you know some of these Regency customs and unless you understand what's going on in society and why someone is insulted, you don't always understand the conflict and you don't really get that great sense of tension that comes from why are these characters annoyed or irritated with each other? Or why why is this happening in the moment? Why is their response so dramatic for something that doesn't seem so dramatic for us? Like, if you're at a dance and someone says, no thanks, I don't want to dance right now, maybe you're like, okay, I'll go like chill over here. Uh, but it's a really, really big deal in Pride and Prejudice when Mr. Uh-huh. Darcy refuses to dance. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Those sorts of things really kind of make the scenes pop. And and like you said, just helps you understand the drama, which is a huge part of the fun with Jane Austen. Now, as certified nerds, (laughs) we think that our third tip also helps with the fun of reading Pride and Prejudice. But I think it also just helps with general comprehension and understanding. And so tip number three is to understand or 
just do a little bit of background research on Jane Austen's writing style. And we'll give you a couple of hints and things to look for right now. We talked about Jane Austen's free indirect style in our Emma episode. And Sarah, I think you gave a really great explanation of it in that episode. So would you tell us again what free indirect discourse means? Yeah. So it's basically, this is a style that Austen invented. And listeners, you're probably very familiar with it because lots of writers use it now. But it's using a third-person narrator. So our narrator isn't any of the characters. However, the third-person narrator slips in and out of various characters' minds and writes in the style of their thinking. So even though this book isn't told through Elizabeth's perspective, sometimes that third-person narrator writes and thinks like Elizabeth does. Sometimes the third-person narrator gives us a glimpse into Mr. Darcy's mind. And so it's just a really interesting and effective style, especially for books about miscommunication, books that are highly dramatic, and ones that are really kind of about relationships and how different people view each other. So that's free and direct style. I think just kind of knowing that going in helps because sometimes you're like, why is the narrator being so sassy? Or, or, or is the narrator, is what the narrator saying true? Or is it what Elizabeth thinks is true? And, you know, you don't have to parse that out on every single sentence, but it's just kind of fun to think about throughout. I think if you have read Pride and Prejudice before and on this rereading, you really want to get super nerdy, you can pick a couple of your favorite scenes and try and pay attention to when that free indirect style changes, like when the Mm -hmm. narration changes from one perspective to the other, because often those switches are significant. And so that's just something fun. And it's like a little Easter egg to figure out if you've read it before and you're looking for a new reading experience and some nerdy stuff to figure out. Yeah, that's a a great point and a great way to do this. And some of the scenes that might be most interesting to look at are what Austenites tend to refer to as the set pieces of the novels. So this is another fun Jane style thing that most of Austen's novels are organized around several major set pieces, which means an interesting configuration of characters is in one spot and a lot of plot and miscommunication and character development happens in those scenes. So you want to look for anytime a bunch of characters are gathered. So balls are almost always these set piece scenes or dinner scenes. So like when Elizabeth goes to dinner at Rosings and meets Lady Catherine, drawing room scenes are sometimes set piece scenes because you just have you know, a handful of people sitting in a room interacting with each other. So those scenes are just, they're usually the funniest. There's usually the most miscommunication and there's the most hints about characters' real feelings in those scenes. And again, like you don't have to recognize them each time to get a ton out of the novel. But if this is a second read or you just are noticing, okay, I'm kind of 
lost with what's going on, but now all of the characters are in one room. So this is a part to like really key in and pay attention. That's really good advice. Have you seen, I think it's like a one-star review of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> and it's, the person is like, the only thing that happened is it's just a bunch of people going over to each other's houses and talking. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of true. It's so true. <laughs> but honestly, that sounds like the most exciting thing that could possibly happen in my life right now is to go over to someone's house and talk to them. Well, that is a great point. <laughs> So maybe this is a great pandemic read because it's just, ooh, visiting somebody's home. They're in the same room together. It's like how people think like, oh, well, Pride and Prejudice, like there's no sex on the page, but it's pretty steamy when they touch hands or something. I think now when we all read it, we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, they're breathing the same air. The drama. Okay, one last thing that we want to point out about Jane Austen's writing style is her sense of humor. She is pretty sarcastic and sassy, but it's not always easy to pick up on because she uses a lot of irony. So one really big example is the opening line of the novel where she says, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. That's sassy because Mm -hmm. that is not necessarily true. (laughs) (laughs) But it's sort of like these characters are willing that to be so. And it's just this opening line already gives us a sense of Jane's humor. And that's something similar that we talked about with Emma and the opening lines of Emma. It's like this wink right away that Jane Austen is saying, I am not taking this too seriously. I'm going to make fun of our society a little bit here. And I'm I'm going to make fun of these characters sometimes too. Yes, I love her humor, obviously, and how she clearly loves all of her characters, but enough to poke fun at them. And that opening line is the perfect opening line for an entire book that's about women desperately seeking husbands. It's like the exact opposite of what the book is about, which is so fun. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to tip number four. And this one, I love sharing this tip with people because they're always shocked that it's coming out of an English teacher's mouth. But you have two English teachers telling you that it is totally okay, 100% legal to use spark notes. 100%. Yes. And if you don't feel comfortable using SparkNotes, you can listen to a podcast that summarizes Pride and Prejudice. We're not going to do a ton of summary on our podcast, but we'll share a couple that will give you a good idea and a good sense of the story. You can just read a book summary instead of reading chapter by chapter on SparkNotes. They usually just have a plot overview. SparkNotes is not bad. And if you don't want spoilers, you know, just read Spark Notes for the first 10 chapters to help you really get a sense of what's going on and what's happening, and then skip Spark Notes for the rest. But I think that having at least a sense of the basics of the plot can really help you pay better attention to how things are happening. It can help you pick up on Jane Austen's sassy humor. It can help you enjoy the dialogue. And it, I just think, helps with 
the comprehension of the novel. I think you pick up on the more subtle shifts in the plot and the more subtle characterization. And I am someone who really cares about character, so I don't necessarily mind being spoiled for a classic novel. It is it is okay if you like spoilers. It is okay if you use spark notes. And this is actually something that we totally encourage, especially if you're reading the first couple of chapters and just struggling to get through them. It's totally okay to struggle and it's totally okay to use spark notes to get out of it. I echo everything you said and I think you expressed it so perfectly. I also think that spark notes, the analysis piece that they do is often really good. So if you read a summary and then you go to the text and read and then you want a little bit more of what's going on between the lines, spark notes or schmoop analysis is a great place to go. I will I will say sometimes I disagree with their analysis and don't take it as, oh, this is the right answer to how to interpret this. But this is just one, I actually don't know how it Sparknotes works. It's probably a team of people's decision about this is what this chapter really means and what's important in this chapter. But that's a good place to start with with your own analysis. Definitely. And we will include some links in the show notes just so that you know exactly where to go and get that information. So our fifth and final tip is to watch a film adaptation. And similar to you professing that spark notes is okay. <laughs> I recently <laughs> said on my Instagram that I'm a huge proponent of watching the movie version of classic literature before you read the book. And I got a lot of people who were shocked that I said that. And <laughs> I, I think it's because we're used to how this is done in schools where watching the movie was like your reward for finishing the book and taking the test. And that's how, as adults, we still think of this sometimes. And lots of readers like to read the book first. I totally get that. You want to form your own pictures of what the characters look like and the settings look like before you go into a movie version or you don't want the plot spoiled. That is 100% fine. The reason I sometimes advocate for watching the movie version before is the same thing you said with Spark Notes, Chelsea. It's just most readers are only going to read a classic novel once, and if you already have a good idea of the plot, you can look at how the author is doing what they're doing and really do a little bit more of a deep dive or a close read than you would be able to while you're trying to read for plot. So if that works for you, awesome. Watch a movie version before diving in. If not, read the book. And get excited because there are some fantastic movie adaptations for you to watch as your reward after you finish. I also think that so many readers have already watched a film adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. And sometimes they need the permission that it's okay if you watch the movie first. You can still get a lot out of the book, even if you loved the movie and you have that in your head already. That's great. It means that you will be able to recognize so much of the nuance in the book. I also, so we'll talk more about Austin film adaptations later this month, but just out of the gate, I think both of our favorites are the, uh, is it the 90s BBC version? Mm -hmm. I think it was the late 90s. Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy. He's our number one. 
Jennifer L. as Elizabeth Bennett. And this is a mini series. I believe it's in six parts. Yep. So you can break up your reading with watching an episode. Mm -hmm. So you can read a section and then you can watch the episode. And we can kind of put a little breakdown of that in show notes too. I'm sure it's available somewhere already. But that way you're sort of rewarding yourself as you go in different chunks. And that works really well for some readers. That's something that I did with my students all the time in the classroom. But you know what? A lot of people really love the Keira Knightley version. And it's great too. Yeah, it is. I mean, you can't go wrong with this story. (laughs) No. (laughs) I love seeing it brought to screen through many different people's visions and adaptations. So yeah, we'll get into all of that in a future episode and break down the parts we like of each and and other fun adaptations. But yeah, treat yourself to the movie version. If you already watched and loved a movie version, you can still come to the book and get something new. In fact, you'll probably get even more out of it because you have some idea what to expect. We are all for classics on film. All right, those are just five really quick tips to help launch you into reading Pride and Prejudice with us. And we do hope that you read along with us. Tell us about it. Follow us on Instagram at Novel Pairings Pod and send us a message when you get to a particularly juicy chapter. Don't worry. (laughs) We've read this book several times already. We are rereading it with you, but we don't care if you send us a message and you're like, this part, we know it's good. You're not spoiling it for us at all. So we're really excited to read along with you. And we have a ton of fun stuff planned to enhance your reading experience. And a bunch of that stuff will be available on our social media and on the main podcast feed. But a bunch of extra special bonus stuff will be available in our brand new Patreon community. Chelsea, we have been dreaming about what this Patreon community could be for a long time. And we're excited to have a way for those of you who love this podcast to support us financially. That means a lot, but more so, we are so excited to have a place to nerd out extra hard because we have so much more about classics and books and our love of literature that we want to share with you. So, We're going to tell you a little bit about what we have planned for our Patreon. We'll also be sharing about this in our newsletter. You can subscribe to that in the link in our show notes and on our social media. But Chelsea, let's get started. What can people expect from us on our brand new Patreon? All right. So we have two tiers on Patreon. We have a $5 level and we have an $8 level. And at the $5 level, you will receive bonus episodes every Friday. These bonus episodes will be a mix of personal pairings where Sarah and I each individually share some bonus pairings, book recommendations, and other art and entertainment that we're currently enjoying. And then our other bonus episodes will be nerdy but accessible mini deep dives into a topic related to our book selections. This month, of course, we'll be talking about a few specific Regency customs in Pride and Prejudice and the history of Pride and Prejudice film adaptations. So that is what you get at the $5 level. You also just get the satisfaction of supporting a show that you love, and you'll also get to see a peek behind the scenes of our creative process. We'll 
post some notes and different things that we sort of read or wrote down as we were creating our episodes. Plus, we'll give you a first look at our upcoming seasons. Patreon members will get to know everything first. And you'll get a chance to influence our book picks and suggest topics for the podcast. So that is at the $5 level. And at the $8 level, you will get access to everything Chelsea just mentioned that the $5 tier gets you. Plus, you will get access to two virtual hangouts each month. One will be a monthly class. So this month, we'll be teaching a class on Jane Austen, of course. Classes will be available for you to attend live, but also recorded so you can watch them whenever you have time. And at the $8 level, you will also be invited to discuss one monthly book club pick with us at the end of the month via Zoom. So of course, we are kicking things off with a Pride and Prejudice discussion. So that will be at the end of March. So you have the whole month to read Pride and Prejudice, listen to the episodes, listen to the bonus episodes on Patreon, and then join us to share your thoughts about this classic. If you want to see all of these events on a calendar and you want to check out what's going on over on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash novel pairings. Chelsea, I am just so excited. We know that we have the best listeners because we DM with you all. You send us great emails sharing book recommendations. You leave us the sweetest reviews, and we're just excited to be able to engage with you more and actually talk about these books more in real time and share more of our enthusiasm with you. We just cannot wait. I'm so excited. And I think that most of you know, Sarah and I are former English teachers. We still call ourselves English teachers because that's who we are at heart, (laughs) but we have been just sort of taking different career paths. And so you get all of our English teacher energy channeled into this Patreon community. And we're really excited to be your cool, friendly English teachers who like hang out with you all the time in a totally appropriate way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Big English teacher energy should probably be on merch. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I'm so excited. (laughs) Listeners, we are so excited to launch our new Patreon community, and we really hope to see you there. Bring your big English teacher energy (laughs) and find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash novel pairings. If joining Patreon isn't right for you right now, we totally get it. We have a couple of other great ways for you to support the show, like following us on Instagram at novel pairings pod subscribing to our newsletter at novelpairings.substack.com, sharing that you're listening to Novel Pairings on social media, texting a link to one of your bookish friends, or writing a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for helping us grow our community of readers. Thank you to Michelle Timmons for her assistance and to Miles Eichner and Mark Anderson for our theme music. Next week, we'll be back with our first Pride and Prejudice episode covering chapters 1 through 34 of this Jane Austen masterpiece. Until then, we declare, after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. 
how much sooner one tires of anything than of a book. Thank you.